The PM Growth Experts podcast show is hosted by Darren Hunter and Dennis Youssef from Inspired Growth Training, who work with PM Growth Experts from around the globe. If you're signing up 20 to 30 managements a month, that's great. If not, speak with us. Hi, everyone. Darren Hunter here with Dennis Youssef. And we've also got our guest on today, Greg Watson. Of course, we're from Inspired Growth Training. Greg is from Watson Real Estate, based in Palmerston North in New Zealand. Now, we're absolutely blown away to have you on board today, Greg, because we honestly believe you are one of the very best business development managers that we've seen over Australia and New Zealand. And we also, we know full well that you are the most awarded uh, business development manager, property manager in New Zealand. So welcome. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks very much. It's lovely to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you today. And uh, yeah, we're just ready whenever you want to get into it. Yeah, right. cool. Well, can I just say, Darren, um, when I first met Greg Watson, it was at a, a conference. I mean, conferences, you meet people. And um, the mayor of my town, his name was Greg Watson at the time. And I looked at the name badge sitting next to me before he was there. And I went, what the heck is the mayor of Nara doing at this real estate event? And then, <laughs> and Greg sits next to me and he goes, hello. and I said, hello. And he goes, hello. And I said, who are you? And he goes, Greg Watson. I said, but you're a Kiwi. And what, can you remember what you said to me? No, you go ahead. You always ask me, but I forget. <laughs> what, what, what gave it away? The accent? Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right, let, let's yeah. move on. Now, Greg, um, we just want to talk very quickly on uh, property safe, but also maintenance manager. Of course, everyone, this is a cloud platform that allows you to save a lot of time when it comes to managing repairs and maintenance in your business. Now, Greg, you're using maintenance manager. What has it done for you in your property management business? Darren, it's made a, a really positive impact uh, in a number of areas. One is my staff no longer spend the, the minutes and hours that they used to around arranging maintenance uh, with regards of the actual arranging and, and coordinating contractors and tenants. It's all done in a very easy system now, which takes it down to as short as about 15 seconds to, to get a job underway. But not only that, what's really good is with all the jobs that property managers get every day, and there's lots of them, you can at a glance see where all the jobs are at, which means if if um, if, if tenants ring, although they don't usually because tenants are informed as we go, but property managers can just look to make sure everybody's on task. Um, and the, the really key thing that's great for us was around and is around communication, which as we know is one of the main sore points for particularly landlords, uh, but also tenants, and the communications through maintenance manager is automated. It's fantastic. Well, it, 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 that, that sounds, it's like we've just given Greg a script and we haven't. But <laughs> Greg, just very quickly, we've got to move on. What's been the time saving of doing repairs and maintenance old school um, to now using maintenance manager? What's been the time saving that you've seen? How much? Oh, it's, it's massive. Um, just the actual, uh, I'd, I'd say that it's pro possibly up to about, 15 to 30 minutes per job for, for the repairs jobs. Um, time simply, saving. So time it, savings, yeah. would it save maybe your time of about 50% overall of time spent on repairs and maintenance? E easily. And the great thing there is we could uh, reattribute that money and, and raise, give myself a raise. 
<laughs> well done. All right, so more information, everyone, go to propertysafe.com.au um, and uh, also have a look at their property inspection reports as well to do with reducing your litigation risk in property management. Let's move on. Now, um, Dennis, over to you. Over to me. Greg, question for you. Now, I know it's a family business that you're, you're in at the moment, obviously, you know, um, founded by, you know, your family. But why did you join real estate? Dennis, I got into real estate, which was actually a little bit about timing. My background was in uh, studies in psychology and information systems. I was looking at designing computer systems for businesses, which sounds well and good, but I'm a really a people person. So my father and brother opened this particular business 22 years ago and asked if I wanted to be on board with that. So I came in as an administrator, uh, worked my way into real estate sales, and then when the time came and was necessary, unfortunately for instant dismissal in our property management division was a time that I stepped into that division and thought, this is something I can make uh, fantastic for the future. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Okay, so you you saw the light in property management because, I mean, going into sales, I mean, BDM is a very similar position to, um, you know, obviously sales and then, you, you know, so you basically took the property management division, you know, by the horns and, and ran with it. Yeah, it was great because it was something that I could get my teeth into. It was interesting and varied. And there were so many small ways that I thought could possibly be improved. Yeah. And that's where uh, it set me on a journey of discovery with regards knowledge and learning and implementation of, of new ideas to really get our business into a situation now that we'll possibly touch on later where we have a lot of unique selling points and you need that you do yeah that you do so greg tell us a bit about your office you know structure and in, in your marketplace sure we've got a combined real estate sales and property management office but in terms of the uh, property management side of things i live in a city called palmas north population eighty-five thousand. Uh, about close to 40 percent of those properties are rental properties the business i have here has a structure where I am, although I own the business, I am actually in a business development manager role. We have an operations manager that then looks after a team of property managers who work in pairs. So you have a senior property manager and a junior. And the reason they work in pairs is that if anybody is away or on leave, the clients, whether it's the tenants or the owners, can still get an answer to their questions straight away, which for us was really important. Uh, as well as that, we have admin support both onshore and offshore. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so um, doing a little bit of outsourcing there, which is, you know, um, and it's not about just saving money, it's about being more productive. It um, is. Get, getting the, the true value out of everybody in their job role is very important to us. And that's yeah, where yeah. we don't want property managers sitting stuck doing administrative duties when we want them to be what you might call uh, boots on ground, doing the day-to-day -day work that's highest value. So, so that's something where uh, outsourcing for us isn't a bad word. It just helps our company grow. Yeah, it's about those flows. Excellent. So let's talk about growth, Greg. So um, the, the growth of the company. So what, what's been the, the numbers that you guys have listed, like, you know, like last year? Uh, we've listed around 200 new properties in the last 12 months. And our rent roll size is around about 750. So what's really interesting here, though, and you guys might be interested, is the, the part of New Zealand that I live in, since the 2008 GFC, didn't recover for something like eight years in terms of the sales market. That has now recovered. And for the last 18 months, um, 
luckily we've got a sales side of the business which is working <laughs> fantastically well but boy our net growth this year is only about 50 and that's something which sits uncomfortably in one sense but in this in the context of the market i'm sure that people that have been in property management for a while understand if, I, so, if, I, if I can just jump in very very quickly just for our american uh, viewers um the gfc is when uh the real estate went down the toilet financially went down the toilet no the americans call it the the great recession uh yes. we call it the global financial crisis yeah. um but very very hard times greg and um wow i mean that you guys have done so well Yes, and, and the effects of that uh, was prolonged and many companies went out of business. So, so we, we've experienced the guardianship of looking after many homes for people because it was that drop in the sales price meant they didn't want to sell. So we've, we've enjoyed that up until the last couple of years where things are changing a little. And if we didn't have a business development manager here uh, working hard, we would be going backwards and and the value of the business would be would be plummeting, but we're not. Yeah, and I mean, you're you're quite a proactive BDM as well, Greg. You're not you know waiting for that phone to ring. Obviously, we've no all been, and yeah. we're going to share that in a second. So, you know, uh, your office would have been a prime example of going backwards. I mean, one year I listed 237 properties, and we only grew 108. But yes. you're you're talking about worse <laughs> growth than I did. Like I only just listed a little bit more than you, and and you've only grown. I mentioned working hard every day, feeling good because you're bringing properties, and then you go to meetings to find out that they're dropping off. But it's all sales. The overall company is enjoying the the growth, and it just really focuses in on the absolute importance of a BDM. Because if you guys weren't out there full time bringing in the new managements how far behind would your company be if you're relying on the property manager to sign up new business on the side? It just wouldn't be happening. Absolutely. And, and the, the pleasing thing, the silver lining of, of this cloud of properties that are exiting is that uh, they're not preventable losses and, or a very, very low amount of actual mistakes have been made in unhappy customers. So, so that's uh, something which is, is a silver lining. Yeah, perfect. Okay, Greg, if you met yourself for the first day that you started in real estate, you know, you, you meet yourself, day one, Greg meets Greg, walks in the door, what do you tell yourself? What, what advice do you give yourself? Well, I've, I've, I've uh, despite my hopefully somewhat youthful appearance, I've had over 20 years in real estate. And uh, uh, what I would tell my young... Greg, you're so humble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wrinkle... Hold on, I'll just straighten those wrinkles out. The, the, I'd say to my young self, do the hard work, do the repetitive work. It's simply a, without, not simply, but there is a, a certain aspect of a numbers game where you're doing a certain number of calls, you're, you're meeting a certain number of people, a certain amount of networking, getting in front of people. Uh, it's what many people in marketing would call the funnel, where you're getting as, doing as much as possible. And my young self didn't realise that, that the maybe the, the young self was waiting for things to come a bit more. But these days it's about hustle. It's about the repetitive tasks and maneuvering myself as a business development manager into a position where I'm doing those tasks as a significant part of my job. That might sound boring to some people watching this, but remember this leads to the exciting stuff, which is going out and selling the service. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good points there because, you know, you're talking about you would be proactive rather than, you know, wait for people to call you. So, I mean, Greg, if you were to start a rent roll from scratch, from zero, you know, you, you, you left, 
Watson Real Estate and you started up, um, you know, Greg Realty, what would your top three strategies be? What would the, you know, your growth strategies, what would they be? So forget about all of the things you've got to put in place sure. for a business, but your growth strategies, your top three. Yeah, the, the, the top three, I'd say, one which is fundamentally important in a community the size of mine is face-to-face -face networking. And that can be done through joining networking groups or literally just bringing business people, going and visiting their organisations, taking morning tea, getting yourself out there and educating people on what you do. Creating a really good impression, networking is very important. Mm. And there are strategies around that. For example, when you visit, the reason for your visit is actually to learn about their business and how you can help them move forwards. The conversation will eventually turn to, to them asking about mine, in which case I can educate them to help bring in business. So the, the networking, if I was sitting in a new office trying to grow it, not sure what to do, I would be booking meetings and meetings and meetings with people um, in a setting that is relaxed and possibly at their workplace to learn about it and um, just to to spread the word. Nothing spreads the word in a small community better than word of mouth and the, the impression that you can make on people. So that's one strategy. The second is I'd very be very keen to figure out what are my points of difference or unique selling points. And I'd spend a good amount of time working on that to figure it out. So I'd look at what the other companies do and think, what could I do that is either unique or only one competitor or maybe only a couple of competitors do in my marketplace and find several points. For example, if I was starting new, I'd be, I'd certainly use the word boutique, I'd yep. use the word local, I'd use the word uh, caring, um, a community focus. So you can find these points of, of difference, but it's worth spending a little bit of time on it. And you can always get some outside help on that. But differentiation, I'd put some of those things in place and market them. The third strategy that I would use, given the experience I've had, and this is more in recent times, is uh, through the internet and engaging the services of, of a person or company that's very good at creating a good online presence, a good online reputation, and a great system for allowing people to go from being a, a lead to an actual interactive inquiry in the easiest and quickest way. Excellent. There's three amazing tips. And if I could just go back to one of those, the first tip that you spoke about, getting into the community, having those meetings. Um, I heard that you had a coach that um, told you you had to go do some handwritten cards. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, and, um, you know, get out of the office, I said. Don't write them in the office. And, um, Darren, I'm not sure if you're aware, Greg actually decided to go to the pub. And yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I went, to, went to a pub and decided I'll, I'll take all, all my cards that I do. I'd sit and I'd handwrite, hand spend an hour handwriting some cards. And I was in the pub. It wasn't very, very busy. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. And every person in that pub, albeit that they wasn't really asked me what I was doing, thought how fantastic it was when I was saying I was just write, simply writing to my clients to thank them for their ongoing business. And I picked up some new business directly as, as a result, first time round. <laughs> That's brilliant. And, and you also sold some books as well, didn't you? You, you gave, um, yeah, yes, so, which is brilliant. So which is just, you know, awesome. You've added people to your database. You've got some business out of it. Okay, so, you know, you've got your new business. You've, you've, you've been established for a couple of years. The bank rings you up on Monday morning, Greg, and they say, 
dude, we're shutting you down on Friday if you don't pick up 10 new listings. What do you do? Well, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a scary thought. Hopefully that never happens. But here, here let's go hypothetical for a minute. Uh, what would I do? I would go straight back to my database, my in-house database, which would have on it all of my tenants and all of my landlords and start phoning them. I'd be phoning them just to see, to see how they are, how their experience is with our company and seeing if they know of anybody who would either like a similar experience or who is having a bad experience that I could give help or advice to. And part of that is sort of, the, that's the database in its entirety. As I mentioned earlier, call, 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 visit, 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 and repeat, and uh, you'll get there. But the other thing is I would identify my top clients or better still, my top clients who have more properties that we don't manage. And I think you guys know that the landlords sometimes just don't tell you that they've got extra properties. And so, so you can do that. You can search those things using databases. On day one of the five days, I would be searching through my clients using databases that are available to find out if they've got more properties and target them. Just give them a little bit of what we call a hard time, you know, a little bit of joking and saying, why haven't we got it? And put something in place that's, I guess, an offer or a promise to them that they can give it to you for a while, see how it goes. If they're not happy, you can give it back. Excellent. So like an incentive to, for them to come to you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Obviously, check your legislation about offering incentives to third parties. But um, yeah. yeah, well, I, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't bribe them. But what I would do is um, I would be encouraging them to sign up in a way that they're not tied in should they be unhappy. Yeah, great. That's so that way they're more likely to sign up and you're more likely to get the bank off your back. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Really good stuff there. So, I mean, yeah, look, and, and um, I mean, and those strategies that you're talking about, um, they're just things that you're naturally doing anyway, Greg, irrespective of a bank calling you, that's, um, you know, you are, you've got those things in place. So well I think, done. I think it's um, a bit like an analogy. Well, I think you'd be the best BDM in the world if you always worked like the bank was going to close you under those circumstances. It's a bit like, 100 meter sprinter I think the current world records just uh, a, a wee way under 10 seconds what would what how fast could I run if a lion was chasing me or a cheetah I'm, I'm not sure so so maybe um, if you can get yourself into the mindset without stressing yourself out too much then then that's good to do well said okay so um, now Greg we've obviously been Dennis has worked with you, I've worked with you, and, and I think recently we were doing some work and helping you uh, to get those better and higher fees. So we know that you're not got any strength in the market over cheap fees. And so when it comes to other competitors using cheap fees, you're now coming up against people that want to use discounting to win the business where you're not going to. Your strength is in competing on service. So where you're now competing on service, um, and have that strength in the market. What is 80%? Where, where is 80% of your growth coming from? What, you know, what strategies are you using for that? Now, this might actually be surprising based on what we've talked about before, but 80% of the leads are actually coming now through internet strategies. And this sounds contrary to what I was talking about before, but still 80% of 200 and 20% of 200 are still big figures. So that doesn't take away from the other activities. But in terms of the internet strategies we use, uh, there's the likes of uh, Google advertising and Facebook. 
um, social media to a certain extent, although the, the targeted advertising is much better. And we also have the ability for people to engage in a chat or through lead pages where I get notified or someone from my staff gets notified every time somebody starts a chat so we can answer it within the first five minutes. And a study by Harvard University shows that as a BDM, if you respond to a message that comes through within five minutes, you can get a tenfold increase on conversions. So we've put that in place, thinking let's, let's not have anybody escape, let's at least have a system which is partly automated to, to keep in touch. But there's an overall strategy about building a great online reputation, um, being where your clients are, and, uh, and I see your great marketing coming through the likes of my Facebook feeds, and I know that's because of hard work and tar clever targeting. And going back to a point I mentioned earlier, get somebody who's an expert to help you. Uh, I could talk about this stuff all day long, but, but I'd be 20% of what an expert would know. Uh, yeah. I, I know the principles, but the implementation is very important. Yeah. Uh, of course, if people out there want some uh, training on uh, social media and how to dominate your marketplace using social media, of course, speak to us at Inspire Growth Training. But Greg, moving on with the feed discussion, um, so um, what are your biggest three points of difference to impress the client without having to discount? Because you're competing on service, your competitors out there are likely discounting, competing on fees. So how do you win the business and win your fees? What are your three strongest points of difference that you use? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So we're in a unregulated industry, which means anybody can open a business and have almost no overheads and therefore charge a much cheaper fee. And no qualifications either. And no, no license to open a trust account. So that's bizarre here in Australia. That just doesn't happen here. It is, and we don't like it, but that's just the, the legislation yes. that we, that's upon us at the moment. So, therefore, you must have things that you can talk about that are not generic. It's not saying, um, I'm a good communicator, I provide a better service, and so forth, because those don't, doesn't, don't mean anything if people don't know any different. Mm. What you need to do is have tangible things that you can show that you do that no one else does. I'll give those examples in a second. But not only that, what the benefits are for those people. And if you can do that even in dollar terms or in reduction of stress, that's great. So the three that we're, we're using at the moment, some very clever marketing for owners. We have 3D interactive tours, which allow people from all around the world uh, at any time, day or night, to experience as if they're standing inside a rental property and looking in any direction. So Greg, where, where, where could they see some examples of your 3D walkthrough tours at the moment right now? Where would they need to go to see those? They need to go to watsonrealestate.co.nz. Uh, so watsonrealestate.co.nz. And it's optional for people. So not every property has them. But if you look at some of the listings that are for sale or for rent, you'll find them definitely. So those are quite an experience. And the second thing that we do is walk through video tours. Now, going back to the, the, the 3D tours, which are effectively a, a model of the house in high resolution, that's for people to help themselves and look around, and that's great. Where the videos are very good is for features and benefit selling. So, for example, uh, if the, the feature was a nice outdoor living area um, and you're describing a patio, 
uh, that's the feature. But the benefit is that the patio gets the sun really nicely in the afternoon, so you can sit out there and have a glass of wine after work and really relax. Yeah, I also saw you do one about double glazed windows, and you know, you, you spoke about the double glazed windows. A photo on a 360 tour doesn't do that, but a video, you mm. actually explained that these are double glazed windows, so it'll save on your electricity bill. Absolutely, so in our marketplace, we're the only company that does the, the 3D models, and we're the only company, only one of two that does videos. And then the third thing we do is standard as professional photography. And, and those are three examples, we've, we've got many more, of the things that when I'm saying to somebody, you know what, there is a reason why you pay a few more dollars per week for our service. Now let's talk about two examples recently where people from out of town looked at the 3D models and in both cases, those people paid $30 more per week rent, that's $1,500 a year for something that we could provide that goes into your pocket um, that no one else can provide. And so you can back it up with, with the evidence and, uh, and so it just works very well. So you have to also show the benefit to the owner. I think Greg, it's really important to mention is that you've got those three points of difference, 3D tours, walkthrough video tours and your professional photos surrounding the three biggest hot buttons that a prospective owner is likely to have at the point that you're selling them up is they want the best tenant, the best rent in the quickest possible time. They can clearly see with your three points of difference, you're going to get that for them compared to the competitors down the road that don't do any of that. Now, Greg, is it fair to say, do all your competitors know what your three points of difference would be? Yes, and they have done for quite some time. Yeah, and, and what have they done about it? Nothing or not much. There's only one company now that's put video in place and the others are still doing what the board yeah. has done. And, and that's the point is that when you're putting in effective, well, three points of difference like you have, it requires effort. It requires training. It requires some investment. The more effort, training and investment you put in, the less your competitors are going to do anything because they're too busy doing what they're doing so just know when you invest in good points of difference, it's very unlikely that your competitors will ever do anything. Well done, Greg. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, Darren, just to emphasize on that, and, and you know, people often ask me, I oh, should I put my fees on my website, my points of differences. You know, my opposition will see it. And I say, well, they're still not going to do anything about it, so don't worry. And, and Greg's a testament to that. Most, most people are just too busy to do anything. And, or they've got a boss that doesn't care that much about property management. That's certainly the case here in Australia. So, you know, well done, Greg. Let's just keep on moving on now. You know, with your fees, you're certainly not the, the cheapest in the market. We've talked about that. So are you finding, again, you're signing up, you signed up 200 properties in the last year. So is it fair to say, um, you know, how do you get that business over the line um, without them worrying that your, 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 your fees are higher? How do you do that? I'm just very transparent, Darren, and, and it's through years of, of hard work. If somebody's saying that the company down the road is several percentage points cheaper, then if they either ha I haven't had a chance to explain to them what we do, or I haven't explained it very well as a BDM, because I want them to see value. So the, I actually have documentation which, which I can leave with them, that shows everything that we do that the opposition most often doesn't do. And so when, we, when you're comparing percentage points, uh, it's the, the small amounts of money. Even a relatively big percentage amount is a small amount of money. And so, uh, as I alluded to with, with those marketing methods, you're bringing them back to the added value that you can, you can bring. And that's where 
if we charge them less, we can't afford to do the things that will earn them more money. So they, so rather than them saving a few dollars a week and being much worse off um, than, than having the videos and the tours and those sorts of things, um, surely it's better to go with us and actually be better off financially than if they went with a cheaper company. Well, well Greg, let, let's just put you to the test. Now, I'm a prospective client. You're the BDM. We're in a listing presentation. You've shown me all your points of difference. You've done your presentation, but I need my sense of value. I need to feel I've had a win. So, Greg, um, we'll, look, we'll be happy to go with you, but can you match your, your management fee or your fees with, the, um, with XYZ Realty down the road? Can you do that? What's, what, what's your script to that? What would you say? Well, Darren, the company down the road does not offer the, the services that we do that are going to help you earn more money. Not only that, we have the methods that mean that the vacancy rates are way lower. Let's go back to some statistics here. Uh, last month, we had 0% vacancies, whereas most companies in the area would be happy with up to 5%. We don't want your house to be one of those percentage points that are sitting there empty. We're, we're the only ones that have the methods to rent them out more quickly. If I lowered my fees for you, that would motivate me to work less hard for you and get less money, potentially, because we're all in this together. We all want more, and it would be counterproductive if I was to lower my fees if um, you know, with regards working for you. Uh, what you might find is the companies that offer a lower fee either have less services or unfortunately people who, who experience that lower fee often experience a lower service and the lesser quality. Someone the other day said that their property management company that was at 8%, quite a bit lower than ours, had only done one inspection in the last year um, and that was confirmed by the tenant. Uh, that would mean that their insurance is void and so forth. You must be doing things properly. There's a reason you pay a little bit more and it's only a little bit. Greg, well done. I, I actually, um, there's a new script in that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, there is. You spin and a new angle. You're, you're getting less fee. We'll, you know, we're likely going to work, you know, less harder. I know it sounds nice. Because it's less incentive. So, you know, mm. I, I like that. So I'm going to uh, rework that one and I might pinch that one. So yeah, uh, I haven't uh, trademarked that one. So you'll be yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, and, and what I enjoy about it is you actually showed the client how you're saving them money, yes. um, you know, by, um, you know, you, you know, a, the other agents aren't actually charging you a fee if they're not actually collecting the rent because, you know, if you're in that 5% yeah, yeah. whereas you're showing your clients that a hundred percent of your um, properties are occupied earning an income for your landlords. So that, that's know. correct. And, and yeah. there's a whole lot behind all of that. There's a whole mm. lot. There's working real hard to get those vacancy rates low to get the best rents and so forth. And I know in Australia and possibly in the States and other countries, um, there are the, there is the ability to find statistics around rented properties and to compare yours with the standard, like I did just then. Yeah. 5% yeah. compared to, to ours. So uh, look for those statistics. Just grab the ones that work for you. If you have a bad month and your average rent is lower, don't use it. Or if the vacancies are, low, uh, are higher, don't use it. Just use the ones that suit. So, yeah, on that, I mean, realestate.com.au, they give you your, you know, each office in Australia, you've got a report. So, I mean, if your report for the month of, you know, the first week in June, as an example, isn't looking good, but May was amazing. You, yep. you talk about May, you don't Absolutely. talk about June. You know, you're not lying, but you're just manipulating that, st uh, that stat in your favor. So um, look, I, I was helping a client yesterday, um, would you believe at the airport? 
and they've got an owner that's trying to drag them down on fees. Mm. You know, they're, they're, they're playing the two agencies against each other, Darren and Greg, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I said, have you got a, what, what's your average days on market? And they said, Dennis, we're actually the same at the moment. Everyone's the same. It's crazy. And I said, okay, have you got a property similar to his that you've leased out recently? She said, oh, actually we do five days. I said, okay, <laughs> let's talk about that property you leased in five days. Okay, that's similar to his versus the local market of 44 days. Brilliant. So we went down that $39 saving and we put together an email and sent it out to him. That only happened last night. I haven't got a response yet, but um, that's how you can manipulate a static. I'll tell you what the response will be. They'll go with the... the <laughs> and and it, would you believe it's over $12 a week and just that $39 in extra income in rent is $3,000. $3,000, $12 doesn't look like much anymore, does it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, Greg, can I ask the next question, Darren? Or yeah, it's, it's your turn now. Oh. <laughs> so, um, Greg, can you give some examples of some of the KPIs that you've got in place, you know, um, for rent roll growth? What, what are some of the KPIs, key performance indicators um, for you on yourself? A lot of the KPIs that I have in place are based around workload and activities and tasks. So, but because as I mentioned earlier, if you do enough, then, then the work comes in. So, so it's around uh, number of phone calls, number of face-to-face -face network meetings. Um, there is to a certain extent, um, social media posting and making sure that that's, that's where it should be. Uh, certainly the number of presentations, the number and, and that has a ratio compared to the number of properties I sign up. We all know there's a time delay, but once that's underway, you can actually see what your conversion rate is and, and, and so forth. Uh, yeah, there, there's a bunch. Those are some of the main ones. There's also KPIs around the, the income that I'm bringing in. It's easy to say I bought in 10 properties, but were they $200 per week or were they $600 per week? So based around the actual dollar amounts that I'm bringing in, that's what company owners like to see. So BDM should bear that in mind. And, uh, and so that, that dollar amount uh, just gives that, it's actually really good for BDMs because the dollar amount's very impressive. There's the income that the, the company's going to earn, plus it adds value to, to the company um, in terms of its asset value. So... So those are good APIs. I feel great when I know that I'm signing up properties that are better than our average. That's the informal. That's like a goal. It's not a must, but it's wherever possible, always sign up properties that are better than your average and drop the, well the not so good ones off later on. Yeah. I mean, anyone can list properties at uh, 1%, right? Yeah, you could have exactly. fast rent roll growth, but um, Darren would be pulling his hair out if you reduced... I, I wouldn't be pulling my hair out. You'd be pulling your hair out because you're <laughs> listing properties well below break even. You, you're going yeah. broke and heading to the bottom real quick. No, yes, nothing will make on. a BDM less popular than signing up terrible properties and passing them. Yeah, yeah, but I love it. You said you're actually signing up properties better than your average. So, you know, get goal. your average yeah. rents up, all of that stuff. Um, and a really important KPI, a very important KPI is the, the management fee average that I sign up. So if you have an off the rack rate of say nine and a half percent, what is it really? How often are you discounting? And I've even got a report that shows how much company, and if you're brave, and uh, how much the company is missing out on due to discounting that I have to present to my boss. Yeah. 
and, and, and you're a business owner and you put <laughs> yeah. it out for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm not cleaning to myself. I have actually got a boss. <laughs> yeah, which is great. You know, that, that's awesome. So, um, you know, Greg, you know, obviously, you know, you, you're somebody that sets goals. You've got the KPIs, you've got the tasks, etc. in place. So what's your rent roll growth strategy for the next 12 months? And, you know, um, and how are you going to achieve that? Dennis, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited, um, so excited about the next 12 months because there's some great stuff happening. I've spent some work recently, and it's good to do this periodically, identifying which things on a day-to-day -day basis I simply shouldn't be doing that are stopping me from being in front of people, et cetera. So I've got some great things on the horizon around lead generation. We've just employed a marketing person who's an expert in internet-related lead generation. We're angling the company towards a situation where... Um, some, some or most of the calling and contact with leads is not done by myself, which might sound counterintuitive, but if people are trained well enough and know the scripts and dialogues and what to say, in the next 12 months, I want to work in a situation where I arrive at work in the morning, presentation appointments are booked in, and then I can go and see those people. So it's looking really exciting because at the moment, I've been guilty, as many of us probably are, of doing things that and not really the best value, writing, advertising, um, uh, even filming the videos and that sort of thing. It's not a good use of BDM time. So we've identified that. I'm super excited about the next 12 months and what that's going to mean for growth because if I can save several hours a week, imagine what you can do channeling that into BDM. Yeah, excellent. That, that's a really good point. And, and if I can just add, I, I saw one of your um, video tours that you did it looked like someone else had done the walkthrough, but you'd done the talk over back in the office. Is that yeah. correct? Yes, that's correct. Yes. There you go. So yeah. that, that's, your, that's one example of some productivity, getting someone else out in the field, but then you just do the talk over. That, so that's, that's what David Attenborough does these days. Someone else does the filming, <laughs> he just does the narration. I mean, that's, that, that's really good. But... You mean to tell me David's not next to the lion? <laughs> <laughs> He's not right. behind the camera, Dennis. Last question, Greg. So... Um, now, you are actually speaking um, at uh, the uh, Inspired Growth Conference in July in Brisbane. And thank you so much. Super excited. Super excited. Um, really looking forward to your session. I think it's the biggest, 10 biggest BDM growth strategies. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, uh, but also, you're going to be on the panel as well. But So, um, you're going to be speaking on stage. You're going to be speaking to business owners. In that you're going to be speaking to uh, business development managers as well. Um, now, just say you've got a minute and, you know, what would you say, just a minute only, what would be the most important message that you could give to them out of all the messages? What's the number one message you'd want to give them about growth right now? What would it be? Oh, mixed mix feelings on that one. But I, I think Matt, I would... it's really important. You've got to remember what you've just said because I've got <laughs> another question coming up where you're going right. to have to say the whole thing again in Swedish. So one minute. I would be wanting to, to get out and make as many of those business meetings as possible. Get rid of the stuff that's taking your time. Every half hour you spend doing something that's not productive is a half hour you could be in front of somebody making a great impression. Despite what I spoke about earlier about the lead generation, let someone else do, do that if you can. But get out there in front of people. Face-to-face -face builds trust come from a caring place in your heart where you genuinely want to help them and they can see that. Don't go in with a hard sales pitch. 
go in because you want to help them move forwards in a win-win situation. So, so that's going out, talking to business people, acquaintances, friends, talking about the way that you do your work, and then getting them to spread that to their friends and family. All right, so I think we better not repeat all of that in Swedish because of time, <laughs> but uh, you've spent a bit of time in Sweden. Um, so uh, just give us a quick, uh, uh, you know, uh, 30 second um, spill. Just reduce that right down in Swedish. Far away. Ja, det är viktigt att man inte i kontoret hela dagen, att man kan gå ut och träffas andra människor, affärs, men och så vidare. Så att de kan gå vidare och sprida den nyheten av din fastighet. <laughs> he could have said anything and we wouldn't have known. I know what you said, buddy. Yeah, someone, someone was going to listen to that and say, you made a mistake. <laughs> well done. You, you, you understand three languages. You understand English, you understand Kiwi, and you understand Swedish. <laughs> there we go. Multi-talented. Well, well done. So, um, Greg, it's been an absolute pleasure. You're right up on the Hall of Fame with us in, in what you. you do. You, you certainly, you represent probably the, you know, the top two BDMs that we we know in all of Australasia, we'd probably put you right up there. And just want to thank you so much for your time. You're a real gentleman. Such a privilege to know you. Dennis, you want to have the last word? Yeah, absolutely, Greg. Uh, I mean, just your last tip alone where you're saying, you know, uh, organising meetings and showing people that you want to help them. And and no doubt you're like that in the door. You're talking to the client and you you genuinely want to help these people make the right decision. And you know that the right decision is obviously listing with your company because Absolutely. you've got such great beliefs in the systems, the people behind you. Um, and it, it just speaks volumes about everything. You know, um, I'm always um, talking about you in my presentations, showing them um, examples of what you're doing because you are certainly setting the levels um, a prime example is that brand new uh, refurbished investor support service flyer that you've put together, you know, um, yes. which is great. I mean, it's something that we built years ago um, when you first came to one of my very first events and, and you emailed this and, and then I said, come on, Greg, it's time to update it. You updated it and it's just brilliant and and you're not scared to implement and that's what's awesome so greg we call you a serial implementer <laughs> that's, that's yeah and, and and greg also gets in trouble when he when he goes to conferences because he what did what did your staff they say that you're only allowed to put in two things or yeah let's, <laughs> well it's, you it's come crazy. along and you just come along to our events our training you write everything down and you just go back and implement everything as opposed to most people that just do nothing so yeah, it's not hard all need to listen, listen to you guys put things in place and they'll be successful so but you're right. Many people attend conferences, come back and get too busy in the day to day. Uh, I can't wait uh, for the for the inspired growth uh, training program and, and the the get together that we are having in July with your clients. Because boy, I can't wait to add value to them. As I'm sure in that lovely friendly setting, everyone adds value to each other. Uh, but I've got some great stuff. So if you haven't booked into that, you really should. All that. right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for your time, Greg, Dennis. Uh, another good interview. Take care, everybody. Cheers. Thank you. Goodbye.